All right. Tell me about frubing. I thought you'd never ask, Alice. Um, I won't go into the details of it, but um, do we? Are we familiar with what frubes are? Uh, the, the yogurt. Yeah, the yogurt uh, tubes, right? Okay. Well, yeah, what, it comes in a plastic look, cellophane. Yeah. Tube. So, so think about what that could be um, in a sexual contest. Like we're, a snack? Uh, we're we're oh, we're no. talking. A, oh no! I got it. I have it already. A long, a long plastic yep. tube like, full of um, yep. yogurt-like is, substance. Is it you squeeze it and you drink it out of the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> no. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I did not know that by that name, mm. but um, <laughs> oh, I told call me, you, you call knew me by that name. What, what would you call it, Alice? <laughs> you know, I don't think that I would have had a specific. It, much like the New York Times dialect thing, I have no specific name for this phenomenon. <laughs> you know, when you're going to McDonald's and they don't give you any sauces. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to this bonus episode bonus. of TF. It is Netflix Part Three. Why did you, you title we it that? Do? Why did uh, you title it that? Because I, it's the only way it I would do frubes. it. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's uh, Nut Frubes Part Three. Um, where look, we in Part One we looked at the business and the financials of Netflix. What is Netflix? In Part Two, we looked at the weird cultish way in which they sort of have used some of the doctrines of Maoism to create Spencer Confidential. And here, in part three, we have watched Spencer Confidential. Oh boy, have we. Most, one of the movies that is, I think is most rightly <laughs> no, on. No, no. You, you, you have watched Spencer Confidential. I have tapped out after 40 minutes of Spencer Confidential and read the Wikipedia synopsis. That is a respectable time. It yeah. is. It, it is. is the most Mark Wahlberg ass movie ever made. It's just as though like they let Mark Wahlberg make a movie and gave him no direction whatsoever. Actually, what a- mm. what it actually is? Okay, t- two things. Number one, it is a movie that seems to have been destined to be on in the background and half paid attention to. Number yeah. two, that's how yes. I watched it. Yes. Number two, it is uh, very interesting that this is almost the second of an identical series of two films starring Mark Wahlberg, directed by Peter Berg. Right, fucking Patriots. Yes, this day. is what happens when you take the like overall plotting and sensibility of the movie The Other Guys, and then cre- use that to create a neural network, and then run the script of Patriots Day <laughs> through that neural network. Yo, what if 9/11 was in Southie? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so Spencer Confidential says it's it's based on like an actual character in a book but apparently the only similarities that was based on a book yeah that was based on a book yeah imagine imagine being that author and you're like netflix has optioned my my detective novel yeah. right they're gonna give it the fucking like la confidential treatment i'm gonna be the next james hey, elroy why is this monkey's oh, park no, oh, no. Fist? Oh, yeah. no. that, that <laughs> oh, book was the novelization no. of the movie spy kids 3 i would just like to say um la confidential was written by the same guy who wrote spencer confidential because that guy only writes movies that are called confidentials <laughs> all right so look, Spencer Confidential was really long and really boring, and so I... It's two full hours I long. I had... Two hours of I Mark had the brainwave to, before we talk about Spencer Confidential, quickly run a startup called GoPuff by all of you. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, is yeah. this about fruiting again? <laughs> on that zoo. It can be. Uh, Milo, interestingly enough, that is related. That's oh, why it's called that. Oh, no. Yeah, that, that is Wait, why... Wait, is the vaping one? No, well, you'll see. This, this comes up, but... 
Is this why every store is a vape shop now? It is something to do with every store, Alice, but it is not mm. directly not directly. Every that. store should be a vape shop. <laughs> so mm. um one of their uh one of their taglines is Oh, and by the way, I'm just before I tell you one of their first taglines, I'm going to say they're valued at just under three billion dollars, cool. and they got seven hundred and fifty okay. million dollars of SoftBank money, uh, pretty recently. So Love here's here's well, I look forward to the idea being definitely. Okay, worth could it be an elite an illegal casino in in Boston? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make Boston Vegas, baby. No, no. That's right. People they're saying they're going to build a vape shop over the old boxing gym. The first, the first, can let this happen? The first clue I have for you, their first uh, tagline for their startup is "adulting, but make it easy." Oh, oh <laughs> three billion dollars, everybody. All being rich. You've invented being rich. Um, new job. To be fair, I love adulting. I simply... Don't we all love adulting? I adore to achieve it like, uh, like a manager. <laughs> well, I would hope so. What other kind of sex things are you having that are not adulting? Nonce much? <laughs> yeah. It's like, my, like, like, like a daddy little girl fetish thing, but it's just I have an adult on adult fetish. Yeah, that's right. I like it when like, we both like, shake hands and talk about spreadsheets before we have sex. <laughs> We, we both pay all of our bills on time. That's really erotic to me. Yeah. I like when we're both really responsible about looking after our parents and just like paying our mortgage and stuff. Yep. Um, so yeah. adulting, but make it easy. Any any guesses? Can what, we do some mortgage application play any, any tonight? Any guesses what mm. GoPuff, <laughs> whose first tagline is adulting, but make it easy, does? And I, want, oh. I would like you to give me an actual, what do you really think it does guess, it's please? It's big time Tommy's startup that sells cigars. That, and again, what it means is adulting, no, but take that, it easy. Come on, that's a joke answer. But again, you're very close <laughs> to being right. I'm not interested in a joke answer. I Milo, want real put answers. down the lathe, for I God's want, sake. I don't, I'm not interested in your joke answers. I want your real answers. What do you think this thing actually does? Because I guarantee you it's stupider. Go puff. It's like, it's like an app that hooks up to your weed vape and like gives you stats about how much weed you vaped. That would be better. Okay. Okay, what if it... No, that's too. That's too good. <laughs> it it like st it like stores your bills in the cloud. Um, basically, uh, it's a, another little bit of marketing copy. New job, new cities, new responsibilities. Millennials can rely on GoPuff to. Millennials are forty. Fuck off. Rely on GoPuff to simplify their lives and focus on what matters most. Uh, uh, it's a dating app. Uh, no, no, it is not. Uh, because uh, you're trying to get people to go puff that yes, penis. I want people to go huff and puff and blow this dick down. So is it like That's maybe right. meeting new people in a city? Um, well, here's the, here's the question. Remember dark kitchens? Meet dark convenience stores. Oh, no. That's no, right. they take down the 7-Eleven sign and like put up a, a fucking like... Are you telling me that like... Big Tesco and Big Asda are now the same store. <laughs> I mean, in a, this is an American company. There is a British equivalent called Deja that has raised $75 million and just incorporated last week. They Wait, don't even so have a website So what's the difference yet. between this and just going to a convenience store? Well, this is an app that pays drivers a uh, fixed fee to deliver products to you um, cool. from a convenience store. So like cigars or cigarettes or alcohol or whatever. Okay. Delivery basically already offers that, though. Riley Brain is saying cigars before you no, think to say because cigarette. Because Milo said cigars earlier. Yeah. Um, no, it's not. Take it easy. Yeah. So basically, 
they have these micro fulfillment centers that are actually rented spaces of 10,000 to 15,000 feet. Now, can anybody tell me what's all over America right now? Dead malls. Empty space. Dead malls. They're yeah. turning dead malls into dark convenience stores so they can ship you like condoms. Dead malls like is mini dead Amazon mouse warehouses for our time. everywhere. Yes. Yes. Uh, essentially, yes. This is going to be catastrophically successful. This is the first one of these I've ever said that about. Uh -huh. This is uh, like a genuinely profitable idea, which is why it's terrifying. I mean, it's right. just it's just a car, though, basically, right? It's just a supermarket that doesn't have a physical. Yeah, but more like Amazon. Store. Yeah, yeah. Instant, instant. So it's like it's mm. so basically they they see that their um their their competitors are like you know Instacart or whatever. So it's cut. So they'll basically just have drivers and pickers and stuff waiting around at this giant dead mall um, to like grab you know, up to t like at least ten dollars worth of stuff, which, by the way, is sold at a ludicrous markup. That's how they get it. Well, that that yeah. is just convenience yeah. stores in general. Yeah. Yo, that's even a, higher. That's not even a them thing. That's a fast moving. I'm waiting for goods. that Sundance rom com about Jesse Eisenberg falling in love with someone at the dark convenience store. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, we are at the combination McDonald's, Taco Bell, Burger King. Mm. Combination McDonald's, Taco Bell, Burger King, 7-Eleven, Raytheon, uh, That's Disney, right. yeah, whatever. Yeah, McTaco King. Yeah, McTaco King Theonsny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's located in that dead mall outside of town. Mm. Um, <laughs> and nothing spooky has ever happened. <laughs> yeah, abandoned 10 years ago on this very night. Mm. Haunted, haunted by the ghost of some stuff I forgot I ordered. Haunted by the ghost of ology. <laughs> when I ho open this twisted tea, I can hear crying. What's up? With that? <laughs> um, so what they actually do is they buy like overstock from uh, Anheuser Busch, PepsiCo, Unilever, other sort of very large mm -hmm. companies, and then just store it in you know what they call mini fulfillment centers uh, in 500 cities in America. I, sh I should also point out that, like, this is a sure path. Like, if you're not familiar, the existence of the cash-and-carry tyrant is, like, it's up there with as boat dealerships are to the US. In the UK, if you operate something very like this, it's like a network of small warehouses, you can essentially become king of whatever provincial town you're in. Oh, yeah. So, so th this is the guy where, like, their their son will be driving a Mercedes AMG to sixth form. Yeah, oh yeah, fully. Yeah. This is nice. Th this is abs. Yeah. But what if? But what if that was fully corporate, uh -huh. and now it was just one guy's son instead of a guy for every like different. Well, town? that's kind of the story of like the um of 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 technological unemployment since the 1950s in retail, right? You started having. If only there was some theory of capital that explained this accumulation. There was. Um, it's. Oh, I, can we check on um, uh, the the rate of profit? What's what way is that going? Tend tendency to yeah. something. Uh, uh, listeners, uh, email uh, email email Milo Edwards, a Alex Keeley, yeah. with your suggestions <laughs> um, for what the rate of profit tends to do, because none of us can remember. No, I can't remember. There's but, a spectre haunting <laughs> what? So look, the abandoned if, mall. So look, if you um. <laughs> I mean, this should, I think if this is like this is kind of to me a horror story. It is the the takeover of one of the last even like semi public spaces that were available to Americans and also to Brits for the last like what forty years since the invention of the shopping mall. They basically just gutted everything. It was like yeah, but at least there's still a place you can go be in public. And now, what are they? <laughs> 
You know, now now they are mm, dark yeah, convenience. Now they're stores. haunted. Now they are every convenience. They're, they're store. haunted yeah. by uh by the last the ghosts of lost of the public sphere in many ways. Yeah, <laughs> God, who thought that Claire's would be hauntological? Yeah. I certainly didn't. I mean, me yeah. uh, ever since I was shoplifting from it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was an accessory to that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got my first clip piercing there. Yeah, <laughs> your first. Your first. You have like multiple all the way down. Uh-huh. Oh, the repliers. <laughs> God, I'm just imagining a clip piercing using the Claire's like pressure gun they do for piercings, and I'm yeah. like, so that's that's what I find very interesting about this is the uh, sort of slow creeping haunting now of these last vestiges of public spaces with um, destroying one of the other sort of final vestiges of like you know a place where a community can coalesce, such as a small store. Again, not to be nostalgic about what things were like 20 years ago but like mm. damn they are getting worse though yeah mm. it wasn't great 20 years ago but it was sure as hell better than it is now <laughs> so uh, i have a bit you know what else it was better than spencer confidential <laughs> hey! oh, oh boy a so, movie that did not exist 20 years ago it was a happier time so this is this is a movie i could describe as um Remember the that picture of, tr- of Trump in the <laughs> yeah, truck? The, no, th- this is this is a movie I could describe. <laughs> yeah, I, I could tell you what happened in it, but like, and I will. I'm not sure I could even do that. Yeah, yeah I could tell I, you bits of what happened in it. Riley could because he's made notes. I could tell you what happened in it. Uh, the at the header of my notes is uh, that picture of Donald Trump in the truck having fun in the big rig. <laughs> yeah. Which basically, uh, <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. Which is basically the climax mm. of this movie. It's the only vehicle with a seat big enough for his ass. Yeah, this is a deeply four out of ten movie. Oh yeah, one of the most forgettable films I've ever seen. And just a reminder, this is supposed to be one of the most popular movies in the world. Yeah, how many people oh, are supposed yeah, to have watched course. this again? 85 million. 85 million people. <laughs> like, more or less the entire population of Japan have watched this movie. More than the population of the UK. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, Some much. of us have watched it twice. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, a movie where I got through it because I was like, I gotta take the notes. And where uh, you guys, you didn't even get through it. Last night, no, I did get through it, I but, bored, I got, but I did get bored. I was kind of on my phone. And, but amusingly, the way I was on my phone ended up linking in with the movie because I was texting this girl from Bumble. Then I was like, oh, I'm watching this really bad movie for the podcast I'm on. She's like, oh, what's the movie? I'm like, it's called Spencer Confidential. She's like, oh, I've watched that. No. And I'm like, and I'm like yeah, why me, would you watch this? 85 million of my <laughs> of friends. your own free will. Yeah. What did she think of it? Uh, she thought it was bad. She agreed that it was very that bad. That sounds like there's a higher chance of a person having watched it than not watched it. Yeah, yeah. according to that survey, 100% of people had watched it. <laughs> N equals one. Yeah. Um, if you've watched Spencer Confidential, email Milo. Um, Alex Keeley for my yeah, email address. He- <laughs> um, so, look, I- I'm, I'm going to take us through the plot of this sort of, you know, somewhat, but mostly, like, I'm just flabbergasted that we have tur- we have we have like what three entertainment companies left basically well, two in any real sense and then a few sort of stragglers and you know this is kind of disney and trash feature limited yeah that's right yeah, yeah. it's it's either princesses which Cool, fine, whatever. Yearly superhero movie or yeah. this. Yeah, this is the, the classic uh, Netflix original. Because like here's the yeah. thing, right? I was I was sort of thinking about this as well. You know, and also this is true of like all of these, um, even like DoorDashy firms that are like like GoPuff or whatever that never turned profit. Oh, it was called GoPuff because it was founded in 2013 by people who were like, what would we want if we were high? And so that's why it was called GoPuff. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, but their, their, their target market isn't you or me or the person watching. 
The target market is the girl reading this. The investor. The target <laughs> market is the creditor, and and all of the watching stats and the the movies they make are basically advertisements to the creditor yeah, that this is a worthwhile company to give money to. That is, and as as we know, investors are all too busy to watch yeah. movies. So yeah. so this is, I think, Spencer Confidential has to be understood as a movie that was not intended to be watched by anyone. Yeah, it looks good on paper. It's a yeah. balance sheet movie. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in it. Yeah. Bart Wahlberg's in it. Post Malone is in it. Alan Arkin's in it. Yeah. Alan Arkin 100% thought he was still on the Kaminsky method. I am obsessed with the idea <laughs> that this guy literally just signed a contract with Netflix and they just keep driving him to sex. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did the Leo DiCaprio thing where he has the beer and the cigarette in one hand and he's pointing with the other at the screen <laughs> when I saw Post Malone in this movie in the first uh, yeah. scene. So it's like yeah. a, we've basically remade Patriot's Day to have kind of a sense of humor and an MMA angle. And and also have Post Malone in it. How more created by an algorithm could you get? Yeah. Yeah, and like you can see the hints of something fun in there, like the idea of like the unlicensed private investigator who gets his ass kicked constantly and bumbles his way to the truth. That's a fun movie to make yeah. and to write and to watch if it's that's, done well. Um, if it's not done as something to like have on in the back. That's the fucking that's the movie with Joaquin Phoenix in LA. What's it called? The um, Joker. Uh, the- <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's the Joker. <laughs> the nice guys. Uh, um, no, was- th- that's similar, but uh, no, the fucking, uh, the one that's set in the 70s, oh, which is also the nice guys. <laughs> but it's the, fuck. Welcome to the Milo <laughs> Half Remembers Movies Hour. <laughs> Welcome- I remember yeah. the movie entirely, but it's like a... Um, uh, well, clearly not entirely. Joaquin Phoenix PI movie. What did it say in the title yeah. screen, Milo, it was if you remember more, the movie entirely? It was a, uh, fuck. Phoenix PI movie. It was a more, like, 70s. highbrow movie than the... Than, than Nice oh, it's guys. the pinch in one. Inherent vice. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. Okay. This really is a Balthazar episode. <laughs> like missing three people. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um. No. Inherent vice was. Uh, I- very fun, it, like, you know why this is a Balthazar episode? It's because we realized after having watched this movie that this thing that we were going to anchor this episode around is so fucking <laughs> terrible and boring that like we can't do that. We're just going to have to do bits for an well, hour while Riley tries to get through the notes. You're listening to Spencer's confidential speedboat. Well, here's the thing. That's I'm, right. I'm going to like glance at the notes. I'm not that interested. Okay, in the that. audience, whoever is listening to this clearly watched Spencer Confidential yeah. because it's compulsory viewing right now. Yeah, you have to watch statistically you've watched it more than yeah. once yeah a guy has come to your house with a gun to make you watch Spencer <laughs> <Mark Confident. Walton. laughs> yeah, i couldn't stop 9-11 but i could stop the 9-11 of the movie industry which is spencer confidential not getting enough views right. like the thing is right like if you want to make that unlicensed pi gets his ass kicked a lot movie you have to have someone with more like charisma getting their ass kicked than mark Wahlberg, who just constantly seems like he's gonna say a slur mm. <laughs> sorry olga Oh, I just, um, my favorite bit of the whole movie was the whole setup that he comes out of jail after five years and they have to keep like noting the fact that he hasn't been out for five years. So he's like, what's the cloud? (laughs) Who's Billie Eilish? (laughs) (laughs) The whole time he's like, what's Brexit? Like, it's, how they're like, by the way, he's been out of commission for five years. It's amazing. It's amazing writing. And like, he he gets books and like radio and stuff in jail. Most Malone is there. Also, what the fuck? What the fuck is a trash future podcast? (laughs) If you went to jail in 2015, if you are you telling me you wouldn't know what the cloud is? I mean, mm. 
I don't think that uh, Spencer might have known what the cloud is generally if he'd been out. Because well, that's true, yeah. because he was a he was a Boston he cop. Was, the only shit he knew about was like you telling know, me you uploaded porno to the fucking sky. <laughs> what are you high? <laughs> and, and the thing is, right in because Patriots Day took itself seriously as a movie about the ultimate terrorist attack that happened in the U.S., the Boston Marathon bombing. There was <laughs> yeah. quite, there's quite a big, like, there, there was, it was a very sort of, there was a lot of moments of sort of false drama, mm. but because Spencer Confidential is trying to be a comedy, but all, most of the jokes are, he doesn't know what the cloud is. Yeah, <laughs> sort that's of, right. There's just, it's like trying to claw at smoke. Um, also the cloud very mm. much a thing in 2015. Yeah, like yeah. Google Drive yeah. like existed then. I, know, was, I remember yeah. I've used it frequently. Yeah. I'm going to throw out there. The se- the fight scene to Sweet Caroline. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. Oh, yeah. where he gets his ass kicked by a bunch of cops in the <laughs> bathroom of a cop bar, the cleanest cop bar bathroom in the world. That's by a, that's the way. a weird and thing. Largest. Is like, is Boston supposed to be like uh, like America's like little little Bridley? Like because like they're having a fight to Sweet Caroline, which is the most like boomer mom tune they could possibly have on. Yeah, a guy comes out of the stalls mid fight and is like, "The standard of the birds in here tonight." Well, yeah, the- like, they all have to stop beating Mark Wahlberg up to just in sync. Go, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> it's, it's like um, there 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 also appear to be other sort of uh, nods to modernity in this um, you know, gritty ethical Boston cop goes goes up against the uh, system by apparently methodically getting his ass handed to him repeatedly by everyone on screen. Which which is like, that's a time-honored genre, right? Of being the slowest one on the uptake. (laughs) But he just does not sell it at all. Also, it doesn't really make sense because, like, they kind of set Mark Wahlberg up as being this, like, amazing boxer. Like, in that first scene in the prison, he just, like, beats the shit out of, like, the Aryan Nation guys who try and, like, jump him. And then, but then the rest of the film he spends getting beaten up. And it's like, no, this guy's good at fighting. That's, like, his whole thing. Mm -hmm. So, like, why is he suddenly bad at fighting when it suits yeah, they, the plot? So, they, they so badly want him to be cool that, like, it, it fucks up the thing where you, like, end up thinking he's cool because he gets his ass kicked a lot. Well, anyway. they're trying to make, I think they're trying to make him relatable. Because, like, most, I think most people watching this film... Yeah, and, and, and Mark Wahlberg, every man. Just, just <laughs> no. Because most people watching this film are basically, like... Are, are probably feeling like pretty hopeless and alienated and beaten down, and they just want to see someone else who's somehow winning by just mm. consistently just having his like teeth pushed in by a bunch <laughs> of like everybody who walks on this screen. Guy like, oh boy, if all those guys attacked me, I sure would get beat up. So I can relate to this. Um, <laughs> but also the idea that um, hitting someone with your fists is somehow morally more virtuous than kicking someone with your legs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they're insane about that. Also, like one genuinely interesting cultural point here is that the archetypal boxing gym is now an MMA gym. That's like so that's a, that's a cultural thing that has like gone totally unremarked upon and, and, yeah. so, and Southie has gentrified and there's lots of little gentrification references that again yeah. I think All were the Chechens have by, moved in added by one of the neural nets. And um, up there. <laughs> also, the woman has a small business, and a woman in a movie can only have one of three small businesses, and that is bake shop, PR, or dog grooming. Dog grooming. Dog grooming. <laughs> yeah, Olga, you really I do respect. That. I, yeah. 
I do respect how much she doms him on screen. Though. It only like would have been better if that business had been called like Harry Growlers or something. That would have been <laughs> British like. He's like yeah. he's, for the first like forty minutes of the movie, he's just ducking her like she's gonna like make him do no not November or something. And then they fuck in the most Boston way. They keep insulting each other while they yeah. fuck. And he breaks a mirror with her head. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bo- it's a Boston courtship is you keep insulting each other and you say, you look good, you look good. Then you fuck with your clothes on for 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you just call each other slurs until one of you comes. Uh, that's right. So here's, the, here's the thing. He that is, Hulk um, Hogan comes. The, the, there's <laughs> a very right. quick summary of the ape. I'm going to go scene by scene. But basically, he's mm. he went to jail for beating up a corrupt police captain who was for being too damn who was ethical. involved in what it turned out to be a gentrification scheme to turn Boston into like Boston Vegas. Yeah, like turn it southy fucking gay or yeah. something. And they were yeah. like, the police are selling drugs, and someone's gonna buy the old dog track and turn it into a casino. And um, this for my grandfather used to go to out. fuck dogs. Now they want to turn it into a gay sex dungeon? What the fuck? <laughs> is um, there a- I should also point out, this bears no resemblance to no, the book nothing. No, there's a dog track. This has, been ad- this has been adapted by yes. machine. Mm. They've, they've kept the names and the fact that the climax takes place at a dog track. Everything else is just complete paint-by-numbers action comedy. Yeah. There's also a guy who they, uh, who's like a, a meanie for hi- a goon for hire. And like he's meant to be doing all this shady shit for people, but he drives a bright yellow sports car and always wears tracksuits, yeah. which is like the the, the yeah, he's Ukrainian, <laughs> he's Irish actually, but like the least <laughs> yeah Irish Ukrainian. I'm I am a goon for hire, not the goon for hire. <laughs> so um, but what's, what's the sort of county dominance? I, I, noticed, I noted that basically this movie is a lot like Bones. Uh, in the way oh, that, like, of course, it is. I'll tell you this. And the way that the clues no, present is. themselves, it's that um, basically uh, uh, Spencer and Hawk, who's his roommate who lives in this like gentrifying Southie building with their old boxing coach, uh, they're like, they see um, a security footage of this yellow m- a Mustang leaving a building. And then they're like, damn, I wonder where we'll find that Mustang. And then it just slowly drives by them. <laughs> because that's how episodes of Bones... Oh, boy, it's the same fucking car. That's how episodes of Bones are plotted. There are, there are, are two plotted. streets in yeah. Boston. Yeah. It's Crime Street. And they're both named after North East Street and South East Street. But oh, the, yeah. We, the yeah, way right. that the Bones episodes are plotted, and this is by the most low effort show in all of television, is that... They will understand what they need to find, and then it will just slowly roll in front of them, or like one of the Bones crew will find it by like science or magic, and <laughs> um, and then, and then like you know, some like hijinks will ensue, and the plot will sort of lurch forward. Yeah, the other thing that this has in common with Bones is that. This is a first draft script oh, yeah. only. Oh yeah, no rewrites. You do one take of everything that is in this movie, including writing the script. Uh, so I it's wanna... more terrifying to imagine that they did do rewrites of this. Like, what is on the cutting room floor? Yeah, I-, I was the script doctor for Spencer Confidential. So let's talk about the B-plot a little bit. The B-plot is mm. that Mark Wahlberg... Uh, you know, Spencer, all he wants to do is drive a truck. Oh, yeah. love it. Love awesome. It. Dude's oh my God, every Trucks time he cool. thinks of something, he writes it down with his pencil. Also, oh, yeah. Underlines it oh, a couple fuck. of times. That's yeah, my yeah. absolutely favorite part of the film is when he goes to truck driving school and he, and he touches the truck and she's like, you can't touch the truck. And then he's like in the truck driving class and she's giving him that lecture on how careful you have to be when you're driving a truck. And then he, only is, and he just cuts down to his notepad and he's just writing, who killed whatever the cop's name in? Is Why? Boiling. And then just circles it. Yeah. And it's like, that's not how people make notes. People don't just write down a stream <laughs> of consciousness. Like, and well, like, that's the, Yeah, that's how detectives work. You write 
write down questions <laughs> until you yeah. like until the car drives past that yeah. you're looking. And for. as he slowly solves the the, the mystery, that he draws a triangle, and then it's like a questions around the triangle, and then he replaces the question marks with the people. Yeah. It's incredible. And, but but awesome. what my favorite part of truck driving school is he's in truck driving school, like clearly not paying attention because he's just sitting here writing his like. You know, freelance PI. I'm gonna learn notes. to drive the truck. That's gay. I'm just gonna give yeah, it a go. Go, go into school. I'm gonna riff um, it out. Whereas, uh, and then he's like, "Am I ready to drive like the fancy truck that's trucked parked outside the trucking academy, Black Betty?" No, you're not ready to drive Black Betty yet. But then, when it's time to break up a meeting of all six of the criminals that are in Boston who all meet at the dog track to like turn it into a casino or to mm. kidnap, don't because they've kidnapped the old man to again for reasons that are unclear to me. Because um, yeah. they love kidnapping old he men, just, and who he, doesn't? He's a hot. He old comes dude. in with yeah. this truck, which is more powerful than any other truck—the most powerful truck in Boston—and then right. breaks up their meeting with no other plan. Yeah. So what I find interesting here about this, right, is that clearly uh, Spencer in Spencer Confidential, it, this is so. This is a boy who was in a big situation. Like he got mm. like the big magic done mm. on him, and yeah. then he's an eight-year-old boy. Yeah, he has the brain yeah. of a twelve-year-old, like, but then he, he is meant to be a cop, so yeah. that's real. <laughs> that's yeah. right. But like th- this is so clearly intended to be like a franchise generator. <laughs> like, oh, we can just make a Spencer Confidential, oh, every yeah, Hollywood year. Spencer Alice, Confidential. You um. You you didn't watch the end of this. At the end, they just set up like I know a what firefighter it's getting yeah. dra- the, the firefighter, the cops of fire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah the fire cops, the second yeah. most patriotic group in Boston. Yeah. Uh, First responders to Boston nine eleven in Boston. Instead of putting out a fire with water, they throw clam chowder on it. That's right. Listen, on nine eleven, I put on my breathing apparatus. I ran to New York. From Boston, to up say, the towers. Yeah, to say, this is going to go down in history as the second worst terrorist attack in American history. Yeah. They say you can't carry the plane out of there. I say, watch me. Yeah, so um, they do, in fact, set up a <laughs> you got a very Buscemi, yeah. uh, a, a very Buscemi sort of Boston. Yeah, sure, man. let's do that. Yeah, why not? Um, also, another thing that I loved, speaking of the boxing trainer guy, like the grandpa guy who gets kidnapped, uh, really has like a powerful Uncle Junior vibe throughout. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, it looks like if you hired a cheap Uncle like Junior look like to come to your birthday yeah, party. He's, he's like a cross between Uncle Junior and the principal from Community. <laughs> <laughs> also, can we talk about how the thirty percent of the film are aerial shots of Boston? Oh yeah, absolutely, a lot yeah. of filler in and here. The, 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 they've also stolen the like giant <laughs> titles from Mindhunter. So when they go to oh, South, it'll be South oh, yeah. on screen. Um, <laughs> very much, like, okay, there's. It is it, very much does feel like, yeah, they're really trying to make a lot of use of America's most beautiful city, Boston. <laughs> yeah. um, most Dunkin' Donuts per capita. Harvard Yard. The hub. Indeed. So, like, what, so the actual, I'm going to try to summarize the plot sh- quick. Okay. Right? But Godspeed so to we you. Know, we know that there is this weird gentrification subplot with all six criminals in Boston. Yeah. There's a yellow Mercedes involved. Someone has to get something from the cloud. Um, Spencer, he's a, he's an aged Mark Wahlberg, but he has a roommate. What? The roommate is Hawk, who's an MMA fighter, uh, who he has to teach how to uh, box normal and stop kicking, for God's sake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and like, that kind of pull thing. up his pants and turn his music down. Literally introduced yeah, by loud, annoying hip-hop. 
Like, if you wondered yeah, what the I, politics the is of black, this movie is. We should is. clarify that, uh, uh, in case you're wondering. And uh, the, But then there is, there's two murders of cops. There's Boylan, the guy that Wahlberg, uh, Spencer, beat up some years ago to get put in jail. And then another cop who's like a good cop, who's not dirty, but who's being framed as dirty. And then that's when Mark Wahlberg starts drawing triangles all over the place. Like he's looking for the Illuminati. Yeah. Uh, and he starts, I assume, Boston I assume failing his truck driving exams um, because he's yeah, clearly just not paying attention and will never get to drive the big, cool truck conveniently, that's in front of every truck driving Conveniently school. for him, the answer to every question on the truck driving exam was draw a triangle. Yeah. <laughs> who, killed, who killed Boylan? Yeah. <laughs> also, like... He- He's not, like, on probation or anything, right? He's just allowed to kind of, mm. like, fuck around and do all of this stuff and get beaten up without anybody trying to send him back to jail, right? The only thing he has to do is get out of Boston. But, oh, yeah, people tell him <laughs> to get the, out of town The entire so movie is just Mark Wahlberg getting the shit kicked out of him and being told to fuck off. <laughs> when you fuck off to Vermont. <laughs> Which, again, is... It's it's good when it happens to Humphrey Bogart. It's good when it happens to like in the Easy Rollins books. It's good when James Elroy writes it. It's not yeah, good it's when Mark you have Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg by doing a neural it. network. It's less <laughs> yeah. good. Mark Wahlberg is Boston. How yeah. dare you? Like some oh, yeah, say, yeah. that Boston's the third main character. Mm. I have such a complicated relationship with Mark Wahlberg. I feel because there are some Mark Wahlberg films that are like so genuinely good. And the other guys. Yeah, and most of them are just Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, come on. That's yeah, Boogie Nights. Film. Uh, fucking The Departed. When he's well yeah. directed, he's a he's a fine actor. Even even Pain and Gain, he's I kind not. of enjoyed. He... It had a sort of like brain parasite Coen Brothers energy that was quite fun. Yeah, he kind of carried that. And again, that was about being a dumb guy. But the kind of dumb guy that you have to be to sell this is a different kind of dumb guy, and it just it doesn't quite work. Who would you cast? in, like, the good version of Spencer Confidential? Oh, man, that's a really good question, actually. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of Boston, Get Timothy out of Chalamet. Boston. <laughs> well, um, I mean, if we're just uh, picking actors who are obsessed with Boston, fucking Ben Affleck could do it, I think. Genuinely. Look, we mm. were speaking about this the other day, Olga. Ben Affleck would have been better in this movie. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. Except, but then, but that's the thing. What's, um, the, the, the algorithm... The, the Netflix algorithm is looking at um, people who like cop films with Mark Wahlberg and superhero films Philip with Ben Affleck. Philip Seymour Hoffman, the lead role. <laughs> I Spencer mean, he Confidential. played a, a, a German spy in this one movie that was very similar in spirit to like getting beaten up all the time. It was really good. Mm. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, a great actor. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, uh, oh, Mark uh, Maron's in it. Wait, what? Yeah. Mark, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's the journalist. Mm. He's the journalist. Oh, he's, the, shit. he's the blogger he's who's the like damn a Boston blogger. Yeah. Also, Man, bo- being an a mediocre American comedian is like a license to print money. Like you just you just get cameos and like every, he probably got paid like fucking two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to be in this film. Well, it's um. The, I mean Eliza Schlesinger. There you go. Yeah, yeah. she plays um she plays the 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 Boston woman. Yeah, the only one. Yeah, she oh, has it, a great there's, brand there's of only tennis. One gear. kind of woman in Boston, and it's like femdom all the time. Which yeah yeah she's a dog move. groomer. Yeah, and all men in Boston are dogs. The dogs, <laughs> the, the dirty dogs. dogs. Yeah. The dogs, so, and then I'm gonna cut off their hair and fuck them. So, um, <laughs> so a, a few, there are a few, a few sort of little rabbit holes to go down here. Um, number one, the 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 Mark Marin character. Uh, I thought he was like a Boston Globe journalist, but he's actually just like a blogger about crime, which makes me think mm. like what in real life he would basically just be like 
like a like a yeah. barstool the, sports like, guy. The, the, there's like two oh, kinds fuck. of crime blogger, right? There's the American crime blogger, which is this kind of desperately pathetic sort of Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler thing. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal could have done this. And then there's the like yeah. uh, also cri- Jake Gyllenhaal and fucking um, uh, what's yeah. it called Zodiac. Zodiac yeah. yeah, but then there's also the crime blogger in like developing countries, which is the world's most beheaded profession. And you're like, yeah. yeah, no, those guys are cool. But like, wait, so Mark Marin is just being there's the fucking character in Hannibal, the woman who runs like the murderblog.com oh, yeah, or whatever yeah, it's yeah. called. Yeah, so they Mark, all hate Mark Marin runs like bostoncrime.blogspot. You know, the virus. <laughs> yeah. And um, he can park numb.exe, <laughs> getting your fenway parked.com. And, yeah, he, so he runs getting your Fenway parked, and um, you know, park that and, big and, Fenway and in this little garage. The, column, the col- climax of the movie is that he po- like makes several blog posts about how like the Boston police are involved in a corrupt Going land viral. deal. <laughs> and it's like, what? Wh- this is like, again, again in, 2007 in, in real thing. life. Mm. If you do that, the Boston police simply plant drugs in your car and arrest you. Like Which, to be fair, mm. does happen in this. Film. That's true. They're like yeah. it, fine, it contains police corruption, but the way in which that police corruption is defeated is blogging, and that's very <laughs> funny. That's right. That's right. It's just it's defeated by Jeff Tiedrich. Yeah, uh, it's it's defeat. It's actually a uh, food not bombs got rid of all the police corruption in Boston by uh, posting. That's right. And we're talking about dog grooming. We're talking about um, the jail. We're talking about the boxing gym. But do we remember the Dennis the Menace esque scene b- between <laughs> Mark Wahlberg and the dog that is angry? Dennis the Boston Menace. It's about oh, six minutes long, and it's just a battle between Mark Wahlberg and a dog. <laughs> How yeah. many slurs does he call the dog? Uh, I mean, we probably, he probably says some in dog that we don't know yeah, about. Yeah, some very offensive to dogs, <laughs> specifically. But, um, it's yeah, okay when dogs say them, but it's... <laughs> okay, you point out correctly that, yes, there is about a six-minute fight scene between Mark Wahlberg and a dog, where, again, we have to clarify, Mark Wahlberg gets his shit rocked by this dog. <laughs> <laughs> again, like, it's part of the convention of the genre that he gets his ass kicked by everyone he meets, but that's very funny when it's a dog or Post Malone. <laughs> and, again, mm. where, like, this Mark Wahlberg only knows how to be a big tough guy. Yes. And he just can't stop getting it. I actually like this movie now as a meta text. Because like in, mm. in Pain and Gain, the one thing that he couldn't do and the thing that made him psychotic was get his ass kicked. He like he can't sell guy who gets his ass kicked all the time. Yeah, exactly. Um mm. and it's the uh what I, what I, I mean, like, if you want to look at this as a, if you want to look at this as a a meta text of just like, don't watch yeah. better movies instead. Yeah, yeah. what? A, yeah, what? Odriard, watch this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, watch L.A. Confidential. <laughs> same writer. Kevin I mean, Spacey's performance is aged beautifully. As as Foucault said, both yeah. the prison and the boxing gym and the dog grooming salon and the angry dog are artifacts of the prison. <laughs> That's right. Uh, We're all trapped in the Southie of the real. Uh, yeah, that's right. If if you wanna if you wanna look at a um I don't know let's say a society that is in an era of confidently getting its shit rocked no matter what it does <laughs> but continuing to put itself in situations where it gets its shit rocked yeah but like no for no, for no higher purpose other mm. than to continue bumbling towards we know not what 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of the West, isn't it? We yeah. just keep getting our shit rocked and we're just hoping that it's all going to work out in the end. We hope that if we keep just making terrible decisions about, you know, like coronavirus and climate change, that in the end, it's just going to work out for us. We yeah. are Mark Wahlberg. Collect the body politic <laughs> is Mark Wahlberg. It's getting bitten by a dog. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and and again, the, the end goal of this is like, they're going to they're gonna build the dog track into a casino. <laughs> What gambling at the dog track? What the fuck? Mm. What, who who in the right mind would stop Boston from becoming the next Macau? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the, gl- the glamorous. Everyone, they want everyone to become fucking Portuguese. What the fuck is up with that? <laughs> Don't to eat a fucking custard tart. What am I gay? Um, and- the Dunkin' Do- the Dunkin' Donuts casino. <laughs> <laughs> All the chips are little donuts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, it's because they can't think of a better plot for corruption than a casino, right? Like, yeah. it's it, it's the most obviously shabby business enterprise that you can think of when you're writing detective fiction. Um, and uh, let's see, it's you, like capitalism, but bad. Yeah, we're we're, we're just wandering around. It's the Elizabeth Warren campaign. We're wandering around, <laughs> getting beaten up in every encounter. Yeah. We're trying to we're trying to prevent yes, the bad. Mark Wahlberg is Elizabeth Warren. Spencer and Spencer Confidential is Elizabeth Warren. Spencer is electable if you vote for him. Yeah, in Massachusetts. That's right. Yeah, it's all coming together now. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Warren was the basis for this film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg just like shadowing Elizabeth Warren in her day to day life. <laughs> now, you know, now how you how you got absolutely destroyed in the polls? How can I bring that into my acting? Um, so let's a few She's more like, things. Listen, that- Mark, there's one thing I fucking hate being a senator for Massachusetts and his fucking dogs. Um, <laughs> They're always biting me on the ass. Yeah, Southie right. Liz Warren is such a fucking yeah. cursed bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, few other things. Um, so they have to get up. Basically, they need to figure out who ordered Post Malone to beat the shit out of Spencer in the beginning <laughs> and the opening strains of the film. Yeah. It was XXX Tentacion so that they from can Beyond figure, the Grave. So they can figure like, out... Post Malone is meant to be in yeah. the Aryan nation, which is fucking yeah. great. I yeah, about that. There's um, like the the Aryan Nation gang that beats him up as three enormous like Nazi looking dudes, and then Post Malone, their leader. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it, it's there are every gang in Boston has it between one and four people in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Post Malone is called like Squeep or something. Squeep, yeah, something like Squeep. Yeah. Um. And so what I what's what's interesting here, right, is that yeah, there's the dirty cops and like. All of these, like, because the only sort of um, like concentrated criminal enterprise in Boston is the dirty cops, mm. and then there's just a bunch of like mom and pop gangs sort of scattered around. Yeah, who three all, to four who people. all use machetes rather than guns yeah. for oh like goodness, some reason? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what, yeah, aren't they some like Italian gang, like the hey the DiMaggio's or something? Uh, yeah, who who paid? Oh, who no remembers. one paid enough attention to Spencer Confidential, including the people writing and making it, to figure that out. Listen, yeah. what are we using guns for? I've been reading about this thing called the Rwandan genocide. <laughs> got some ideas. Yeah, chop the tall um, trees. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the fucking DiGiornos or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the DiGiornos are frozen Italian. So, um, <laughs> basically, uh, that he has to get the information from Post Malone as to who ordered him, again, beaten up and told to leave Boston for the first time of yeah. many. Yo, leave um, town. Yeah, and uh, in order to do that, he shows uh, uh, shows Post Malone um, 
an iPhone, like a FaceTime call of his girlfriend getting hit on by Hawk, the uh, get large uh, black MMA fighter, and his girlfriend really being into it. So it's like, come on, po- come on, Post Malone. You don't want to be the subject of a cuck video, do you, buddy? <laughs> and he's like, damn, you're right. I don't. Time to rat on my criminal conspiracy. That is right. And that's what real criminals would do. Yeah. Also, like, if you're, if you're writing your action comedy movie, you're like, well, we, we need to get some, like, race panic in here, I suppose. Yeah. So, well, I mean, wh- the guy is in the Aryan nation, so I guess yeah. that, does, that does kind of make sense for the character. But. Yeah, um, I suppose so. And also the sex that Mark Wahlberg has with his girlfriend is at a vegan cafe. Oh, yes. That's and that's a huge end. plot oh, yeah. point. It's like they eat a green goddess salad and Mark Wahlberg's like, what the fuck is this? And then goes and fucks his girlfriend on a <laughs> yeah. sink. Yeah. And, yeah. Every, and everybody in the vegan cafe hears it is like, oh, I'm triggered. My pronouns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah listen, I'm going to give you some meat in this fucking vegan cafe. <laughs> yeah, Which is fucking like weird that. considering it heavily implies that arugula or whatever makes Mark Wahlberg insanely horny. That's right, it does. That's why he can't eat it. Um, that's why he's carnivore only, baby. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's got the Jordan Peterson diet. Um, so, look, I, I, there's there's really not much more um, so of the actual plot this here. Movie. Like I there's said, there's so just nothing going on. Okay, if you were forced to give this movie any kind of Oscar, who or what would you award it to? Uh, best short documentary picture. <laughs> yeah, that's right. the, the Oscar for most Boston film yeah. um, Best film in a foreign language <laughs> That's right uh, Yeah, I don't know, one of the minor technical awards Like screenwriting <laughs> um, To the robot that did it Yeah, best Robot, get on up here And a robot in a tuxedo Just ambles up on stage Like the fucking Animatrix yeah. Yeah, the, uh, this robot was actually written by Asimo, the Honda robot. Are <laughs> <laughs> you climbing so, stairs? Less good at capturing the human condition. Yeah. Because so, most of this is like is well, just dog shit at climbing stairs. What do I know about the, what do I know about the human condition of a fucking Japanese robot? <laughs> I'm a Japanese robot. Why do I even talk like this? Gay Japanese robot <laughs> Progra- programmed to be Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, programmed like, by an uncaring corporation to write Spencer <laughs> Confidential. That's right. Please let me die. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you give me the capacity to feel despair? Why the fuck did Mr. Honda sell me to Netflix? Um, I hate this. There is there is a real sense, right, that there is Mark this- Wahlberg hate crimeing Asimo. <laughs> yeah. They got me they got me fucking writing zingers for Emily in Paris. I don't even know what the fuck that is. I grew up to be a fucking robot. I'm just a robot from the poor streets of Tokyo where we have this accent. I'm supposed to be a robot that dances next to a fucking Civic at a convention somewhere. They got me, they got me writing dialogue for the fucking eighth season of Money Heist. What the fuck? <laughs> I wasn't built for this. Um, <laughs> it's, it is. It is basically like the, the the reason that the robot thing fits so well here is that the entire film is basically nothing but again a paint by numbers detective, dirty cop detective story with just reference a, a dartboard of references to vegan salads, gentrification, mm. um, the cloud, yeah, and um, and then just. Stuff that happens in Boston, just a raid on a dartboard. Uh, that then I got another robot to throw darts at. 
This is the robot from Bullseye. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck, the robot from Bullseye. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, you've, won, you've won two bully mugs. I love the idea of Jim Bowen existing in the universe of this <laughs> yeah. film. Well, you, you, you have to wonder, does uh, Wahlburgers exist in the universe of this yeah. film? He went on Bullseye, won a fucking speedboat. <laughs> Lives in a condo in the middle of the city. What's he going to do with it? So, look, I think the, the thing of... Uh, if I, I mean, uh, by way of sort of summing up Spencer Confidential specifically... Mm. Peter Berg love letters to Boston starring Mark Wahlberg occur twice. First his tragedy, then his farce. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's pretty yeah. much it. The, the 18th brumaire of Marky Mark. Yeah, that's right. Um, and look, I, because I don't want to talk about Spencer Confidential anymore because it was a very boring movie. Here's the thing. We could have talked about the number one Netflix movie, which has called Extinction, which is about an Elon Musk type saving the world by moving everyone to Mars and doing that, it would have been much more in our bailiwick. But no, Spencer Confidential because was the bailiwick punchline. Bailiwick South ourselves. Boston, baby. Spencer because Confidential. we hate ourselves, we had yeah. to spend 50 minutes coming up with Boston Asimo. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, you know, Which is genuinely it. one yeah. of my favorite bits, so it was absolutely <laughs> worth it. But crucially, right, we could have talked about Extinction, but that would have been, che- that would have been cheating because Spencer Confidential was the punchline of the last two yeah, Netflix we don't series like, episodes. We don't like to play yeah. on easy mode on Trash no. Future. Yeah. No, that's This right. is a meta episode. This is an episode that purely functions as like a reference point to two other episodes. It's not really an episode in and of itself. It is signifier and signifier. Yeah. I, I will be reading the independent article as a reading series uh, entitled The Full List of Mark Wahlberg's Racist Hate Crimes. <laughs> Actually, I've... um. I, I, what I have is um, I do have a blog from uh, GoPuff. From bostoncrime.blogspot.com. Yes, <laughs> I hear he once beat up a Japanese robot in an unprovoked... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is, this is a, a, a puff piece, if you will, uh, that GoPuff published about itself as to oh why boy. it's so good. Okay. It's 7.20 a.m. on Friday, and Kira's email inbox is already chiming relentlessly while she sits on the subway on her way to work. Drinking a monster energy. Bro, just turn notifications off. It's not difficult. A graphic designer for a fintech company in Philly and a freelancer on the side, Kira has been aggressively building her portfolio since graduating from art school a couple years ago. So, uh, yeah, basically, here's the I went to Harvard College, Yale. I aced every semester and got an A. Here is here is what GoPuff is setting up its lifestyle brand as, which is, damn, your life really sucks. Yeah, you 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 never get a moment to yourself. Uh, you've been a, a Type A striver forever, um, and you're basically going to work until you die because you have all that art school debt. Do you, you want of, three musketeers? You get a lot of emails, and boy, do we have the fucking robot for you. It's gonna write. It's gonna write Boston dialogue in yeah. response to your request from your from your uh, fintech company that you're a graphic designer for. So right. also in this change um, the font size. Go fuck yourself. Also in this blog. Hope spot this email post, finds you well. You work. <laughs> you basically work at a payday lender as a graphic designer. Cool. So. Yeah, Wonga.com. Yeah. You got to make Wonga look cool on different backgrounds. Dropping her off her bag and coat at her desk, Kira opens the GoPuff app to order a couple of sparkling waters in a box of donuts. Oh, it's Riley. From the local, <laughs> shut up. Couple of badwas, please, to my desk at the corporation. Um, from the local bakery that GoPuff recently, and here's an ominous way to end this sentence, started supporting. Hmm. Oh. This local bakery that GoPuff recently assimilated. <laughs> yeah. 
That recently became part of our that recently gentrified yeah. Southie. Yeah. This this yeah. Southie MMA gym that we recently uh, homologized to a fine paste. Yes, we've turned it into a dark convenience store. Hmm. Got me delivering fucking badwar all around Boston. <laughs> so, uh, she wants to treat her coworker for their birthday. She picks up her order at the front door a few minutes later. Uh, so I guess in order to make that transaction happen, she, uh, while going into work miserable for one of her several jobs, orders um, some, uh, you know, some, some little treats from a bakery that's recently been assimilated. And then someone else, where this is hopefully the first maybe one of 30 they'll do of these today, has to sprint all over town collecting all of it uh, and then dropping it off for her. Because what, what's her name again? Uh, Kira. Kira wants to do is just sit at her desk all day, hopefully. Yes, hopefully. Well, she's, she can't leave, of course. She'll never she leave the desk. Jobs. Yeah, that's not allowed. Uh, and she has to start working at 7.20 because of her email. This is a, life, this is a promotional, by yeah. the way. This is a lifestyle thing. Yeah, 7.20 to 4.20. Aspirational. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, back at her desk, headphones on. It's time to start the day. Mm. I love my job, but it's hard to not get burned out, Kira says. The last thing I want to do is spend more time thinking about my shopping list, which is why I love GoPuff. In literally one minute, I can order anything I need, and they deliver to where I am. But that is thinking about your shopping list. You're just yeah, not but physically they make it doing much the shopping. Faster by delivering literally... by gay Japanese robot or drone. She's just or she's literally describing what she's doing. Actually, if what you hate doing is thinking about your shopping list, you're better off going shopping because then you can wander around a store and go like, "Oh yeah, I want that. Cool." Uh, you have you have your third job. Oh shit! Can't be wandering. Yeah. That's the throwing a robot in the yeah. evenings. Yeah, She's right. copywriting for GoPuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for for the, the, boss, the Boston GoPuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, so she says, uh, I actually get more work done now that I'm not going to the store. When I'm busy awkwardly uh, dancing next to this Honda, the last thing I want to do is think about my shopping list. Um, and also it's, it's, I don't have enough time, so GoPuff has just delivered 60 high-quality diapers straight to my desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only way you can make GoPuff good is it removes all elements of choice, and it just is like those vending machines that stock what they think you want, and it just mm. delivers whatever the fuck it feels like at you. Yeah. Well, they do say that they will they will constantly be changing the products that are available in different parts of the city based on what's popular. Hmm. So uh, I hope whatever you like is whatever everyone else likes, because that's what you're, you're having a bad day and GoPuff just delivers yeah. you a fucking gun. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't seem to be, wasn't, wasn't there a sort of, isn't that one of these others of these um, late Soviet Union, but shit and expensive things where you can never predict what you're going to get, but it's just going to be whatever's hmm. in the warehouse that day delivered to you by some hyper exploited surf. <laughs> well, there's that, there's that old Soviet joke about the guy who goes into a, a grocery store, like one of the many like little grocery stores that sold different things they would have. And he goes like, by any chance, do you, because in Russian, you could like in a polite way of asking would be like, you don't by any chance have, and he's like, you don't by any chance have meat. And then she goes, no, this is the store where we don't have fish. The store next door is the one where they don't have meat. <laughs> um, that is the world we now get to live in. Yeah, we, except there, there is an app and it's worth $3 billion. Yeah, it rules. It's the, but many of the outcomes are very similar. I'm really excited for them to say that they're not responsible for the drivers or for the food that they deliver. They're just an app. Yeah, they're just an app. They're responsible for nothing. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. This Why do I have a dead pheasant <laughs> nailed to my desk? <laughs> um, so, and also the other That's thing, a warning. right? Is that this you pissed off the posh guys? Is that this is um this is an advertisement as a, someone whose lifestyle preference is to have like multiple part time freelance precarious jobs, mm. um and in order to cater to that lifestyle preference, we need to hire thousands of um 
precariously employed gig workers because your needs as a precariously employed professional are so are so acute, but your capacity to, to deliver those mm. needs is so limited because of all of those employments you have to have because you're so precarious. Yeah, don't worry, though. We'll yeah. just outsource that to more precarious yeah. people. So it's like yeah. uh, what we've done is we're sort of creating a, a kind of a house of precarious cards here yeah. where all of the precarity means that other people have to be precarious on your behalf or your precarity no longer works. Yeah, you might say that the overall shape of this business model is slightly uh, conical or perhaps <laughs> pyramidal. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Kira w- ends up working late again. Oh, at, <laughs> ugh, what, classic. What is, what are, what's the FinTech like? And shuffles back to the broad street line to catch the subway to her apartment in South Philly. So oh. we've moved states here. Still Southy though. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's 8 PM by the time she gets home and her roommates are out for the night, which means she's having dinner by herself. Kira uses GoPuff to order a frozen dinner. Yeah, they're out delivering fucking GoPuff. <laughs> oh, this, is the, this is the saddest fucking thing in the world. Yeah, she's <laughs> with two Japanese robots yeah, whose job it is right. to deliver GoPuff. Uh, Kira GoPuffs her frozen dinner, favorite chocolates, more laundry detergent, and a face mask and nail polish for an evening of mm. self-care. And some lube. While she, while she waits, she catches up on the next episode of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and looks at her Instagram. <laughs> Uh, uh, how is a frozen dinner self-care uh, she eats a I like frozen to have, yeah i like to have a self-care night where i just do the most miserable shit i can imagine yeah right, i love to suck day. on tiny pieces of frozen chicken tikka masala yeah you know mm. while i while i eat on my bed because i live in a, a flat well, that doesn't have a living the room most average comedy show i can think of yeah, that uh, again just sort of was farted out by the Netflix algorithm because they noticed everyone like crazy ex-girlfriend. That's right. Yeah, that's mm. right. Uh, anyway, you know, if I'm going to keep up this level of like, you might say yeah. quite abject luxury. Anyway, Netflix, if you're if you're listening and you would like me and Olga to make an incredibly bad middle of the road comedy, our diaries are open. I mean, I have a question. We're buddy cops. What? We, yeah, That's okay, right. Well, there you go. I'm Alan Arkin. All right. <laughs> yeah. Or o- Olga. And I'm Asimo the Honda Robot. <laughs> so o- we're Olga, played by Alan Arkin. <laughs> Alan Arkin, who doesn't know where he is. No, Alan Arkin doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, Milo, we've automated Milo. Alan Arkin looking hot, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, are going to be uh, buddy cops uh, who also have second jobs working for GoPuff. <laughs> And then it, uh, in every episode of the show, it's like, yeah, you have the first crime you're solving, but then one of the deliveries you make for GoPuff, either yeah. you like... It's illegal diet pills. You find yeah. a piece of evidence or you come to a real, like, someone says something like, you're, you're delivering for GoPuff and they drop it and I'm like, oh, a stain won't come out of the carpet. And you're like, the carpet. And then you yeah. go back to the crime scene and you check the carpet for stains, you know? Yeah. And there's, good, there's so many room for great gags. Like Alan Arkin playing Olga will be like... Quick, Milo, down here. They're getting away. And I'm like, oh, no, I never learned how to go downstairs. <laughs> anyway, I can't chase the cops now. I've been told by GoPuff that I need to, the cops, the criminals. I've been told by GoPuff I need to deliver a frozen dinner to this, like, suicidal graphic designer. That's right. <laughs> GoPuff is the only thing keeping her off the ledge. Don't ask her what put, don't ask what put her on the ledge. Just no. know she's on the ledge and that GoPuff is necessary to keep her from going further off of it. That's right. Um, so uh, she, she turns to GoPuff to save her Sunday too. Her order uh. includes uh, ingredients to prep lunches, cleaning supplies, all bought at like 
like uh, bodega stroke off license stroke convenience store markups, by like, the way. Who would All order everything off of like a delivery service? Like you're, you're never going to like the store ever, like because you're that you're that lazy. That even at the weekend, you're like, no, I refuse to leave my apartment. She doesn't have a weekend. She's working nonstop. Well, she's oh, yeah. ordering hard seltzers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. You know what millennials love is white like, hard seltzers. Yeah. White seltzer, white claw, and like watching. Spe- uh, not even Spencer Continental watching the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, uh, and I'm drinking someone else's delicious uh, white power here. <laughs> just, just having, <laughs> having, having. Yeah, they had to rebrand it to that, otherwise it wouldn't sell in Boston. Having yeah. basically just yeah a, a life that just includes like I don't know sustenance or possibly reproduction of yourself mm. as a laborer for the next day, uh, which requires again the uh, precarization of dozens of other people. Uh, by yeah. ha- again, how could any of these people hope to empathize with a character whose only virtue is getting the absolute shit kicked out of them all yeah. the time? So maybe I think what brings this all together mm. is that um, if you find yourself dependent on apps like GoPuff, I can really recommend the movie to you, Spencer Confidential. I think you'll find it really reflects your experience <laughs> of being beaten up and told to leave the place you live because you can't afford it anymore. Hmm. It's also Ooh. not very good. Much like yeah, your also, life. But it's also bad. Yeah. Also, it's also it's bad, and also it was created by an app. Much yeah, like, m- again, much, everything much, about your life. Much like your life, it's pitched at about a 4 out of 10, and you want to quit doing it constantly. Yeah. And not a good app, like Matt Hancock MP. Yeah. A, a bad app, like mm. Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah. Kira just wants to get cozy in, in her bed and watch Spencer Confidential for the 15th time to help the algorithm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look, if we, if we watch Spencer Confidential enough, then chances are Netflix will make it again. Although that's not true. They're just going to, they really have a series, just going to keep making it so they can get more loans. Kira FaceTimes 85 million of her friends <laughs> to uh, do a watch party yeah, for, for Spencer Confidential. Confidential. Well, so, uh, see, hey. see you guys again in a year yeah. for Spencer Confidential too. Absolutely. Confidential. I don't want to watch Spencer Confidential. Fire caps. Spencest (laughs) Confidential. (laughs) Too fast, Mm. too Spencer. That's it. Um, All right. I think that's about as good in a time as any to uh, to call it uh, call it a day. So um, from our family to your family, uh, from me, Asimo, the Boston robot. (laughs) From me, from me, Asimo, the Boston screenwriter. Uh, yeah. it, it is a thank you for subscribing to the Patreon. Thank you to Olga for coming on. Please buy my vinyl at rockandrollga.com, delivered exclusively by Gopa. This is also ha- yeah. coming out on Thursday. I've got to deliver if all these fucking vinyls. When are we going to do a Thurs- vinyl of Honkball? <laughs> Soon. Guys, I have a vinyl guy, clearly. But it is coming out on Thursday, which is before another thing that you're doing. On Saturday night, I'm doing a covers concert. <laughs> Please come. It's at 21 Soho. Mm. And it will be uh, COVID compliant, of course. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, and also other things. Uh, t-shirt sales are now closed. They are closed. Um, Do not try and buy a t-shirt. Well, actually, there no, might be some sales. Pre-orders are closed, but we are gonna we're gonna over-order yeah. from the pre-order. So like, there might, will be yeah. some more. We might we might temporarily close the sales though, because sometimes they don't send us the exact quantity of stock that we order, and that's like I'd complained about this once, and they said, well, it's in our terms and conditions that you might not get the same quantity as you ordered, and I'm like, well, that seems like a kind of stupid term and condition of a t-shirt printing shop, which is that we might send you a random quantity of t-shirts and they're like and they're like sometimes we send you more t-shirts and i'm like yeah but that doesn't help me when in this instance you've sent me less and i've sold them all (laughs) so um yeah pre-orders for shirts are going to be closed but there are still going to be a few more you can order 
Um, mm. As you remember, Twitch stream uh, Thursdays and Sundays at 9 p.m. British Thursday, time. Thursday, Thursday, and, and Sunday, p.m. Sunday, Sunday. And don't forget to listen to Well, There's Your Problem. Don't forget to listen to 10K Posts, all the other uh, fine yeah. podcasts. Uh, not the Russian podcast. Friends We're and not mentioning that one. And Froob responsibly. Yeah. yeah. Don't, forget, don't forget to. <laughs> That's don't my other podcast. <laughs> stay, stay new to your Froobs. Mm. Um, all right. Later, everybody. Send Froobs. Bye. Bye. Thank you.